Hello everyone, welcome to Benevolence where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. I'm your host, Ceci Diaz, and first I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in, liking, subscribing, and spreading the word. Your support really means a lot to me, so keep tuning in because I know that you're going to leave empowered and blessed. Um, You are tuning in to episode two, and the title of episode two is called Suicide, an Epidemic, And today I have a very, very special guest, and we have been friends for a very, very long time. She is truly my twin because we love all the same things. We've done ministry and life together for the past eight years, and she's been a blessing to both me and my family. So without further ado, we have Tiffany Gonzalez joining me at the table today. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Thanks for having me. No problem. I appreciate you, and I appreciate um, you joining me today at the table um, talking about something that is very, very sensitive um, to me, and it's also um it's actually very sensitive right now it's pretty to much many of us yeah, yeah to many of us so before we begin um tell me a little bit about yourself um just a little bit of everything okay so again hello everyone my name is tiffany and first and foremost Ceci, i want to thank you so much for this opportunity and i'm so excited for what god is doing in your life and in this ministry and so everyone out there make sure to subscribe like she said because i know that this is a place where you're going to be Uh, definitely encouraged and um, a place where you can get a lot of resources for for life and a lot of wisdom. So thanks again. But um, Mm -hmm. like Ceci said, we have been friends for eight years. I um, have been married for six and a half years to my wonderful husband, Kevin, and I am currently studying for my master's. I am a marriage and family therapist, or in the works, I should say, and trained in mental health. And I'm currently an intern at a local church here in Orlando where we provide excuse me, services for both the community and those within the church. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the many reasons why um, you're one of my first special guests um, here at the table is it's because we're, we're, we're hitting the topic of suicide and depression, and I feel that you are the most... I mean, out of all my friends and people that I know, I feel that you're the most knowledgeable. And because you have, you know, you've encountered clients um, through your internship and, and, and things of that nature that, you know, have gone through this and you have seen, you know, you have seen the good, the bad, the ugly on the therapist side, you know, and me um, going, actually going through right. um, suicide and depression um, I think that this is something that needs to be, you know, it needs to be a conversation. You know, we need to talk about this. Um, if you aren't aware of my testimony and you aren't aware that um, that I did go through this, you can tune into my first episode, um, which is a letter to my past self, which will you will get a very detailed um, just account of my life and everything that I've gone through. Um, So you can tune into episode one. But if not, I did personally go through um, a time in my life at the age of 19. I was, um, I went through a time of depression and I did attempt to take my life. The attempt did not like fall through. So I'm still alive. I'm still here today to testify um, that I'm here. and, And I know that my story, although for many years I was always embarrassed of my story. For many years I was like, just kind of didn't want to talk about it like it's happening so much you know in these past few years there's just been such an increase 
and suicide accounts and depression and like people are just coming out and talking about it that I felt that I needed to speak about it and I need to tell people my story so that they know that they're not alone. A disclaimer and a reminder um, before we begin our conversation that our conversation is simply opinionated. It's very sensitive too, um, but it's very opinionated. It can be biased at times. And basically this is a topic that can be controversial, but um, we're including facts, we're doing research, and we're, we're simply just having a conversation about suicide and how many people from the church itself are dealing with it. So we're gonna cover all aspects of um, suicide and depression. So continue listening on. Um, but one of the main questions that I have for Tiffany, what is the what is going on in in the past you know few years like that it's it's such a hot topic right now. You know we we'll we'll talk eventually on culture and on the environment and we'll talk eventually of mental health. But what do you what what is one of the main reasons why suicide is just you know, just so strong. It's an epidemic. We're hearing about it so much in the last few years. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I know we, we've kind of talked about this, you know, from time to time prior to us recording this. And it's one of those questions where I just feel that there really isn't a specific answer that we can give. Um, I think understanding that, like we talked about, or just briefly, you mentioned there are many factors. So, um, but taking it back, it's understanding that in all reality, there's not one reason why someone may take their own life. And um, there are certain factors that can increase those risks of people taking their lives. So it really goes beyond just that question. And, and every story and every um, every person that does deal with, with either suicide ideations or depression, there, there are several reasons why. And so I think that those are like the type of questions and conversations that we need to really talk about um, because we'll never really have uh, a final account as to why people are doing it um, because everyone, again, their story is different. Mm-hmm. I believe a lot of it has to do, excuse me, with like the culture. Mm-hmm. Like right now, we're just consumed with like social media right now. Right. Like social media is has taken over like our lives yeah. pretty much. And I can account like on many times, you know, and this could be a totally different another conversation that we can have, but I've social media has turned into something that can either make you or break you. Like yeah. I've had moments where I'm I'm having a fantastic day and then when I get home and I'm looking at social media and I see other people's lives and don't get me wrong, I know that, you know, the life that they're portraying on social media isn't the true reality of right. what they're living. But because it's so glamorous, the filters, the clothes, where they're at, like it can it can completely turn your day upside down. Like and you can you can feel so depressed it's crazy you know it's yeah. it's crazy like there's like even as a wife and a mother the, the mom blogs and all that like you start to compare yourself to other people and you can just really dig a deep hole of like feeling bad about yourself you know and and then you're just not appreciating what god has given you like i have a wonderful husband i have a right. wonderful daughter I have a house you know i have a job and then you can like for just 10 15 minutes you can like 
get lost in their world. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So do you think that that has, like, is that something major of why people fall into depression and all of that? Yeah, I definitely believe that social media is a big part of um, the problem. And again, I include myself in this. Um, I've been where you're saying um, I've gotten lost behind the the one moment and in all reality when we think about it it's like you're on social media and you you realize or I guess you forget to realize that this is like one picture or Mm -hmm. one video one snippet of someone's 24 hours Mm -hmm. right and we tend to like you said we glamorize it we make it to be something that maybe it's not Mm -hmm. and um you know what are we missing behind that photo you know what's really going on in that person and they probably didn't even take it that day they took it probably a month ago (laughs) who knows right and it's just it's just one of those things where you stay in awe of what the power of our mind is, you know, we somehow, like you said, we'll forget the blessings that we have. We'll forget the opportunities that we're currently living and maybe the things that are coming um, ahead of us that are great experiences in our own personal life. And it's kind of sad that that's where it's gotten, you know, it it has now taken a big part of our lives. And um, it's definitely something um, social overuse of social media. Um, The conversation you and I were having just yesterday was, even again, including ourselves, but we're so tech savvy now that yep. we don't tend to call each other. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's everything is through text and through emails, and it's just you lose that lack of conversation, that lack of interaction yep. with each other. And I think that a lot of the problems can definitely say that um, they're stem from that because how are we really understanding how that person is? You know, if I'm if I'm looking at you in your eyes, I can see at times if there's sadness, if there's joy, mm-hmm. and so if it's all about you know um, communicating through devices nowadays, I'm really missing a big part of who you mm-hmm. are, and I think that that has to say a lot and stand for a lot um, in today's society and yeah. generation. I agree, and a lot of it um, moving on it could be environmental, and I know that you have a little bit more information on the mental health side of it and the environmental side of depression. You know, when I was going through my depression, you know, I was hopeless. Like, I literally felt alone. You know, I felt like I couldn't go to anyone. I couldn't turn to my parents. And I had already pushed away so many friendships, like, Mm -hmm. that I felt like I couldn't even reach out to them, you know? So what are other aspects of depression that we can, you know, just be aware of? Because ultimately like a big percentage of that does lead, you know, mm-hmm. to attempts of suicide or thoughts of suicide and all of that. So, right. you know, what do you think about those things? Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, we have to understand that a lot of times people that are more likely to commit suicide or do commit the act have some form of mental health disorder. So, you know, that's a big percentage of, again, of people that do want to hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. And so it's definitely important for us to have that awareness and understand that depression is one of the top risk factors. Um, So these are things that we have to really become aware of, understanding the symptoms um, that can vary, you know, from anywhere from mild to severe. Um, And these things can include, you know, sadness and loss of energy and, um, you know, feeling worthless or guilty. And so when these types of symptoms then become, you know, they go from mild to severe, that's something that we have to, you know, try to 
be aware of, you know, mm-hmm. if whether it's ourselves or those who we love and are yep. closest to, what are these changes and fluctuations that are occurring that we need to somehow um, be aware of so that we can help? But I think, like you mentioned, um, as far as environmental things, that's, um, you know, the social loss, like we mentioned, being exposed to suicide, um, harassments or bullying, which we'll talk a little bit more about later, but also that biopsychosocial cause, which is including things like I said, the depression or being bipolar, schizophrenia, um, having anxiety, which I know that that's something that you've gone mm-hmm. through in the past. Yes. Having those severe, um, you know, moments of, of anxiety where you're not even able to control them. Mm-hmm. So, and then that also goes into the sociocultural, like you said, um, difficulty of seeking support. These are people that are just. They're unaware of how to cry out for help. Yes. And sometimes they're so overlooked even when they do cry out. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are definitely factors that fall all into that category of, you know, you asking, is it an epidemic? You know, these are things that are happening and, and it's happening more often than we'd like for it exactly. to happen. But there's also that lack there of knowledge that we have to, and again, I include myself, how are we becoming aware of these things Mm -hmm. what conversations are we starting so that we could have the knowledge and reach out to these people who are are being affected yeah i agree last month um we had um two cases um we had the recent suicide of kate spade and anthony bourdain within days of of each other and it's easy to say you know but they had it all why did they take their life and Mm -hmm. and even even a person that has dealt with suicide you know in my past you know, it was hard for me to understand someone who had it all or at least, you know, had the wealth, right, you know what I right. mean? And had, you know, people following them and, mm-hmm. and and just, you know, they had people around them. You know, they they took their own lives and it was hard for me to understand that. So, you know, it's it's a huge misconception, you know, that Very these much. people have it all because even... The guy from Lincoln Park, and I forgot his name, but, you know, his wife had recently showed a video of him playing with his with his kids, you know, the day before, mm-hmm. a few days before, whatever right. the case may be. And he was, he seemed happy, you know, he seemed like he had it all. He, he was, you know, with his kids. Right. And it's like when you're in the state of, of wanting to take your life, you, you don't think about yeah. those things. You're not thinking about your family you're not thinking about the consequences of that. And ultimately, when you do become a victim of suicide, you know, you're leaving behind a family who they need answers. Exactly. Like they had no clue or maybe they had an idea that you were suffering or you have depression or anxiety, but they they don't they don't have answers that you're leaving, you know, your family behind with 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 more of a devastation, right. you know, than, than you ever thought you, you know, you're thinking that, you know, ending the problem, ending my life will make things better, but you're actually making things worse because exactly. you're leaving behind a family, you know, who could have done something, but they didn't know, or they, they just didn't know what to do, right. you know? So, um, and I think just to kind of write on that, that you're saying it's also, we had talked about Robin Williams yeah, and it's like the irony behind his life is just, it kind of, like, keeps you, it takes you back, you mm-hmm. know? This guy was a comedian. Like, he, mm-hmm. his purpose in life was to bring laughter and joy to our lives. Exactly. And the way he, you know, he he felt the need that he had to end his life. Exactly. You know, and that's one of the things where it's just, these aren't things that 
we can just, you know, not talk about. Exactly. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And yep. it's, it's just so sad to say, like you said, these people have it all, at least in our eyes, in right? Our eyes. At least yep. on social media, it mm-hmm. seems that way. And they're in just as much pain as us. People that don't have half of the resources or bank accounts or, you know, but we can have the same pain. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something to understand that no matter the person, no matter your economic status, you understand that pain is pain and no one is immune from something like this. Exactly. I agree. So moving on from that, like one of my greatest fears as a mom is not being able to catch the warning signs of suicide. You know, um, in my story, unfortunately, I was living in college during that time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was going through a really rough relationship. The relationship, you know, we had split. And then from there, I felt like I didn't have anyone. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have my... I couldn't go to my parents because already I had lost so much trust, you know, from my parents because I had lied so much Mm -hmm. that it was hard for me to go to them because I knew that they were already disappointed in me from Mm -hmm. for, for the things that I have done. That it was just very hard for me to go to them and tell them that, look, I'm depressed, you know, and I need help. So as a mother... Like, I'm afraid that my daughter, you know, is going to suffer in silence, right. you know? And that's that's every mother, every father's fear that their child is going to go through this. You know, the countless stories that I've heard of, of, of children, exactly. 10, 11 years old, who, who, who give in to this act of suicide. And the parents are, like, dumbfounded. They some most of them have no had no idea that right. their that their son or daughter you know was dealing with this and a lot of other cases had been because of bullying and things and because you know the story goes on and on exactly but what can you tell us about like some of the warning signs that we can look for first and foremost sometimes even as an individual um, you know so it's you if if you're, anyone who's listening out there who you're kind of going or you're you're feeling certain things that I'm gonna mention. Again, also the family members, these are all things for all of us to just kind of be aware of. But, I mean, anything along the lines of feeling hopeless or trapped, feeling alone, um, anxiousness, agitated. They're they're finding no reason to want to continue to live. Um, It could be even a joke. We mentioned that at some point. We've come across people in our life who are just like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed, I could just die. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, speaking lightly of the situation, these could all be cries for help. No matter how insignificant they may come across to us, Mm -hmm. that could be a form of someone crying out. And I think that, you know, just kind of being aware of mood swings and if they're indulging in more alcohol or drugs, um, you know, substance abuse, these are the types of things that we have to be aware of. The people that are closest to us, I would hope that at some point, and again, it's not the case always because how many times have we heard of people who are living a secret life, right? Exactly. So those are the things that we can only do so much and and, and we can hope to say that we'll be able to recognize and pick up on these um, symptoms or signs that may kind of come up. But, you know, um, those are all types of, you know, things generalized. Obviously, you know, there's a longer list, but um, a big part of it are these people are feeling that they're just 
maybe not fitting in, right, with Mm -hmm. society or um, they're just so lonely and no Mm -hmm. one understands their pain. Exactly. Um, So so those are definitely things um, that we want to kind of keep a lookout on. Um, One quote, like recently to when um, Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain's suicide, that it just occurred like in the same week, like Mm -hmm. one happened on a Tuesday, the other one happened on a Friday. Um, Someone had put up like, Check on your strong friends, check on your quiet friends, check yes. on your happy friends, check up on your creative friends, you know, check up, check on each other, yes. you know, check up on the people that you love, mm-hmm. you know, because you just have no idea that they're going through this. I don't know why, because now I'm trying to like look back at that time, but I ultimately did not feel that I had not one person who can understand me. Mm-hmm. And that is what pushed me. And then also there was like triggers right. that had occurred that earlier morning, you know, that that just brought extra pressure to the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, that I felt that I I could not I was in such deep sorrow that I didn't want to live anymore. The pain was too unbearable for me well. that I just I'd rather take my life to just end the pain Mm -hmm. and and at that moment i was just not thinking of my parents i wasn't thinking about anything but just getting rid of the pain Mm -hmm. um another question when we see those warning signs like what do we do because like like i've said so many times like I don't want my daughter suffering in silence you know i don't i don't want anyone suffering in silence you know and when I start to see those warning signs, what can I do to help, you know? And what if I don't see them? Because that's the scary part there. Mm-hmm. Like, th- I think that's what scares me the most. That I don't see them and I don't catch, I don't catch that sign, you know, on time. You know, so what? Right. what can we do with that? I think, you know, first and foremost, we have to create the space for these types of conversations so I think that sometimes and I can personally say that I didn't grow up ever learning or talking about mental health issues yeah I didn't I didn't know what that was until the other day like honestly in the past in the last maybe three to four years I started to hear the word mental health I don't know didn't know what that was exactly so I think that it's one of those things that have somehow become like a it was a taboo right yeah we don't talk about it no in the home I Mm -hmm. didn't learn about it at school to be honest um at least I mean you know outside of me going to school for my master's in counseling but it seemed kind of frowned upon too like like if it was a sin to be depressed or if if people knew that I was sad they thought I was crazy Mm mm-hmm that's how I felt sometimes right. too. And I and I think in the form of the context of Christianity, I feel that from the perspective that I saw growing up was it might have been like you were possessed or somewhat of a yes. it was a demon or yes. you know. So it's like let's oh pray my this, God, yes, let's pray this out of you, and it's yes. that's not the case. And I think that it's that that you know, the ignorance behind it. And I, again, I include myself because I was very much unaware until I began to study this 
and and understand the the severity of it and the realness of it but it's creating that space again for this conversation to occur and so I know you always mention that you want an open relationship with your daughter where you're able to Mm -hmm. you know have her just feel comfortable to come talk to you about anything and I think that that's honestly the biggest thing and that's what's going to make the change in her life and and with you recognizing and seeing things god forbid right yes um so, but just to kind of give us a, an idea, you want to obviously begin conversations with, you know, a family member or a friend that you notice are starting to act differently or um, are considering suicide, you know, ask them questions that are non-judgmental. So we want to make sure that we're creating a space where these people um, are, you know, our family members, our friends, where they're able to feel comfortable to come to you and say, this is what I'm feeling. And no matter how you know, how deep or how surface their answer may be or their conversation may be, that we're not putting or overlooking those feelings aside and, and, and somehow tricking them to to change their mind or change their answer. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever they say, it's relevant enough for us to say, we're here to help no matter what. Exactly. So not overlooking or belittling what they're crying out for at that moment. I agree. Something that I, that just came to my mind culture like what about the hispanics who are dealing with this like you know it seems like especially if you came from you know like you came from the islands or if you came from south america that's like that's like not common like you know and you would think that like your grandmother or your mother if she's like hardcore you know hispanic Mm -hmm. or latina or latino like you'd be frowned upon for that because that's not something that happens Mm -hmm. to hispanics like I feel like culture also has... We somehow exempt ourselves from yes, this. Yes, yeah. yes. That they think that, you know, suicide and depression only happens to, to Anglos. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or, you know, also African-Americans. Like, what happens? Like, minorities are suffering through this. And we have this, like, misconception that it only happens, you know, to Anglos. And it's, it's it happens to the minorities yeah. itself. No one is exempt. No one is exempt. And, and that's definitely where the problem is. You know, it's... It's we're not having these conversations um, as parents. Like you said, it could be generational where our parents were unaware, so they didn't know how to carry those conversations or start those conversations with us and so on and so forth, you know? So it's definitely something that has become more apparent. It's now at the forefront of a lot of, you know, what our kids nowadays, and I say kids, what my nephews and nieces, I know that these are things that they're young, but these are things that are already being talked about in elementary you know you have kids at that age that are you know already talking about that they're feeling depressed and and it's not to discount that because they very well could probably be yes but you know what are we doing about this are we just saying well as long as it's not my child as long as it's not my Mm -hmm. my family member I'm okay with it but what are we doing beyond what we're seeing and how are we contributing to society to in communities and especially those communities that don't have the financial resources to be able to go to therapy exactly. or have medication so what do you how do? are we aiding mm-hmm. these people exactly and what what age do you think is i know that every family is different so i guess i guess i'm going to be answering my own question because mm-hmm. probably listeners are out there you know that are parents or future parents and they're probably like what age is is a good age to start talking about this you know, but I guess it all depends on the maturity of your child. I think it or... all depends. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a factor, definitely. But I honestly feel that we shouldn't wait to a specific age 
you know, to bring up certain topics. And, yeah. and I, we're talking about mental health, but we can also say, you know, the topic of sex. Do we want to wait till our children are exposed to certain things in middle school? Do we want to wait for other children to teach our kids mm -hmm. about these sensitive topics, about these very important topics, mm -hmm. about these topics that can change their life? I think it's time for us to really start taking initiative yeah, and saying, absolutely. we as a family are going to start talking about these things early on. I think as a parent, we have, or, and I, I say we, but again, I'm an aunt. It's one of those things where you're just like, you know, we want to educate them at least early enough where they have some form of awareness. Obviously, you're very um, wise about how you talk about these things, mm -hmm. but we shouldn't wait for outside resources to teach our kids about mm -hmm. what they're going to encounter yeah, at some I point agree, in Yeah, I agree. A lot of it transitioning into um, the next thing that we're going to pull is 13, 13 Reasons Why. Right. You know, a lot of these kids... They're watching this show at such a young age and they're being introduced right. to suicide just by watching the season. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of these kids, you know, they come from tight-knit families and things like that, you know, and, and then right. they just don't talk about it. But now, you know, we have shows like 13's Reasons Why who who are showing Oh my goodness, everything, right. even season two, very you know, and, and very mm -hmm. explicit, you know, I personally, as someone who has dealt, you know, with, um, suicide attempts, um, in, in the past and also someone who continues to suffer from anxiety every now and then, um, and like I said, I always point to last year because last year was my worst year, but this year, like God has completely redeemed me and has completely transformed me. So I praise God for that. But, um, last year was very hard for me. And when 13 reasons why I came out, like, it's like, I wanted to see it because it was like the trend, like it was the thing right. to see. But then after I learned that in the last episode, um, you actually see the girl actually, you know, commit take, act, yeah, right. commit the act. I felt in my heart because I have been, you know, I guess dealing with it throughout m all my life. And it's not that I wanted to take my life from, from, from when I was 19 on. It's just those thoughts come in your head and they bring, it's you know. It's somewhat always going to be a part of your it story. It is. It really is. And so you have to be the one in charge. You have to have the knowledge of how am I going to live the rest of my life. Obviously, that will always be somehow, again, attached to your story. So it's you protecting yourself. Exactly. And I knew that if I would have watched that, it would have triggered. I don't know what it would have triggered, but I knew that it wasn't something that I should watch. Right. For instance, you know, I have, like I think it was like a year or two after I got married, you know, there was a... I was just home one day and there was a recent suicide, you know, that had, there was a victim of mm -hmm. suicide and they announced it on TV. So what I did, because I was curious as to know how she did it, right. I went online and I kind of Googled her name and then I kind of just, you know, wanted to know a little bit more information as to why she did it and things like that. And like, I'm not going to lie, like as I was reading the article, just kind of like a very, very bad energy like evilness like mm -hmm. I could just feel just a darkness come into the room yeah. and obviously because we are Christians we know that it's the enemy right. you know who takes advantage of those situations and my room I felt like I was jumping into a pool of water like a jello where all I could hear was nothing right and um I remember 
you know, just looking to the side of my, my room, my master bedroom had like a little nook with like, just kind of like a rack where you can just hang clothes there. And I had nothing there because I had my makeup in right. that area. And I remember looking at it and I had high vaulted ceilings in that apartment. So I remember that in my brain I was like, oh, that would be like a good place to hang yourself. An opportunity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that I wanted to do it. Right. But it was like I looked and boom, it was like right there. And there had been other accounts where... You know, I I would look at something and I would have that those right. feelings. And it's not that I wanted to act on it, but because that's just something that I struggle with. Right. You know what I mean? So I knew that because of those experiences, I knew that I couldn't see 13, 13 reasons why. So tell us your thoughts. So I'll be honest. Um, again, and this is, I, I'm always laughed about this, but I'm not a big TV buff, at least not in the season in my life as I'm currently pursuing my master's. And I have little time to do mm -hmm. so. But I actually learned about 13 Reasons Why amongst some colleagues in my school where it came up and there was much concern and um, a lot of negatives that came up. And, you know, just the conversation was started within our classroom. And I became a little intrigued to understand what exactly was the negative connotation associated with the show because I know at some point working with clients, like you said, I may have an adolescent that comes in at some point that will say, God forbid, due to the show or due to something along the lines of what I've seen in this show, I became curious. And I just wanted to know what exactly I was going to confront. Um, so I have seen it and I've done a little bit of research and just trying to understand what exactly the producers, the writers of this show were trying to display or portray um, with having these um, scenes that are very graphic. Yeah. Um, and and the, I think well, that... from what I've heard. <laughs> from what you've heard, right. Yeah. And so, and I think it's really hard because um, a, the first season, from what I can remember, I don't believe that there was any type of PSA, like public service announcement, prior to you watching the show. Mm -hmm. So if there's a young child going in or even a middle schooler, I mean, high school, anyone, period, yeah. um, knowing what they're going to you know, unaware of what they're going to confront in that episode, that's very difficult because we don't know how that would affect that person. Exactly. And I think that that's obviously one of the bigger things that it, that's um, happening with this show is there was a lot of talk about the fact that I'll, although from what I've gained knowledge from, the producers from this show and Selena Gomez being one of them and suffering herself with, with I believe it was depression, um, she wanted to bring awareness and conversation and they have now in season two created another short series called, I believe it's Beyond the Reasons Why, mm -hmm. and it talks about... Um, why they chose to put certain things in the in this um, show and in this series, um, even if they're very sensitive and graphic, like we mentioned. But a lot of it, even despite the negatives and the positives, they said that a lot of what they wanted to do was create room for a conversation to occur. Okay. And I think that, obviously, we've realized that a lot of the graphic moments, the suicide moment... A lot of people can say that it seems somewhat glamorized, mm -hmm. especially for certain age groups. Yes. Um, especially for people who aren't aware of the severity of what suicide is. Yeah. And, and I think that that's where the, the ball is dropped. Yes. Where, from what I'm understanding and from what I've seen, is that there's not much mental health associated um, within the show. So, 
uh, Hannah Baker is the um, the girl in, in the show that does commit the act of suicide. Um, she does, she, you know, there's bullying going on, sexual harassment and things of that nature. She goes to her school counselor and nothing is done. So there are a lot of things that ethically would, you know, hopefully in a, in a real setting, um, things would have been done differently or we would have understood um, that she may have dealt with depression, that she was feeling, you know, certain feelings and things like that. So the show kind of skims over that. It's kind of surface. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're kind of seeing this graphicness of her cutting herself. And so I think that that, that lack there of, of awareness is what we're kind of missing. And me, I include myself as a therapist. This is what we would have ideally, if you're creating a conversation, we want to have that foundation and that depth so that people can walk away being more knowledgeable of what to expect if they're encountering any of these things as opposed to just seeing, again, a glamorized um, visual of of suicide. Mm -hmm. But I think that now, because of the stir that it's caused, the the season two does now have warning before you watch it. Um, It does, at the end of an episode, you're now having resources that are offered the National Prevention um, line of suicide is on there so they are trying there are they're hearing yeah they're yeah. hearing the roar you know and so they're trying to implement things but again you know watching the, the short series beyond the the reasons why they understand and they hear everyone but again their sole purpose is not to either be associated with a positive or a negative it's to create a conversation and mm-hmm. so i think as parents as adults and hopefully um just as maybe a mentor of younger people in our lives, we have to take those steps and, and protect those kids, right? Yes. Or people who, like you said, even yourself, an adult that knows her triggers, had to take the step and say, this isn't safe for me to watch. Exactly. And so we have to, you know, be aware of those things. How are we blocking? Are we putting certain blocks on certain shows mm-hmm. for certain people or mm-hmm. or for kids, you know? Yeah. What are we doing to protect ourselves? And I think that that's, that's one of the important things that we have to look out for and people understanding what their triggers are. Because it could be today 13 Reasons Why and tomorrow it could be another show that exactly. talks about another mental illness, mm-hmm. another, um, you know, another act that's graphic that we feel that is not appropriate. Yes. But unfortunately, we're not... We can't control what Hollywood mm-hmm. puts out there. Um, and so it's definitely important for us to be aware of, of kind of what's going on in our surrounding. Yeah, I agree. Um, we want to talk about the church and suicide because the church seems to have never mentioned suicide. And it seems like a taboo topic. You know, no one really talks about it. You know, it's kind of frowned upon. Um, but we know that there are many people struggling with depression and suicide in the church. So why do you think that the church doesn't mention anything about suicide? Yeah, I definitely think, um, like we mentioned earlier, that even with, you know, just the generations prior to us, they may have not been really aware of certain things. Like you mentioned, Hispanics, Latinos, uh, sometimes just culturally, we're not exposed to certain things. And even if we are, again, we may portray it to be different. And especially if if God is a factor of it, sometimes it could be so spiritualized instead yes. of realistic. Yeah, because it was, like you had mentioned earlier, like if I was depressed and I wanted to commit suicide, like it's a demonio, it's a demon. Mm-hmm. And they were just going to 
pray you it know, out. Pray it yeah. out until you know it Some got way. out. They were gonna put oil on my head and they were gonna just rebuke it. Right. And you know we 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 were raised like that. Right. We're Pentecostals, you know. So and we, we we understand the power exactly. That, and but, there is power, you yeah. know. But you know. But there are some things that are exactly. just. It's again with our physical health. We understand that God can heal yes. our bodies. But then there's that reality of that there are some things that you're just gonna have to take medication for the rest of your life if if that's the way it is, and or there are things that you have to change your food, you know, the food habits that you have. You have to change your exercise routine. There are things that are just gonna be real enough where we have to understand that we cannot just pray things away. Like there's, we have to take responsibility of our temple, like God says. So we have to also have that awareness and understand that not everything is a demon. Not everything is is just going to go away because we're praying about it or fasting about it. Yes. You know, so So what, what do you have for that? Yeah, I mean, I just think that it's important for us to understand that, you know, a lot of times we want the, the word of God to be very, um, black and white but like we said there are moments in the bible where it's it's a little we kind of have a little gray area where we're just like god what exactly do you mean Mm -hmm. but i think that with suicide it's important for us to understand that especially in first corinthians 3 16 um and 17 it says do you not know that you are god's temple and that god's spirit dwells in you if anyone destroys god's temple god will destroy him for god's temple is holy and you are that temple so understanding that you know who we are like god god paid a price for us and, yes. and again and that's in first corinthians six nineteen. or do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit within you whom you have got you are not your own for you were brought with a for you were bought with a price excuse me so glorify god in your body so you know we have to think about that too as christians as believers mm-hmm. i know that not everyone out there will come across this scripture right but We see as Christians that the Bible says, you know, it is pretty much black and white, that our body is the temple of God and destroying it, that's almost like, you know, bringing sadness to the Lord, something that he died for, you know, our life, God died for that, paid a price for it. And so it's really understanding the importance behind that scripture and what it's saying and understanding that God created us for more than death. Exactly. So in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, it talks about, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you future and hope. And I think that that's something that, you know, with suicide, people associate themselves with feeling hopeless and feeling alone. And so it's understanding that in the midst of all of that, it's a lie from the enemy that God does have a plan for our future. God does have a purpose from the moment that we were in our mother's womb, as the word of God says, there is a reason for us to live. There is a reason Mm -hmm. for us to to do life with people. and, and, And that's the importance of us you know creating this conversation yes, and movement within absolutely. the church yeah I agree um you know a lot of people don't think about it but you know suicide is equivalent to murdering you know what I mean it's murdering yourself right you know and as Christians we easily forget and 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 we can all testify yeah, even, even you know we go through so many things in our lives and it doesn't have to be with anxiety. It doesn't have to be with depression. It doesn't have to be with suicide. You know, just our walk with God is just so difficult at right. times. And we go through these dry seasons that we forget that God has a plan. And we forget that He ha- that we have a hope and a future, Amen. you know. And that right now we don't see the big picture, but God sees the big picture. And it's just, 
it's scary to think that you know with 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 all your emotions and all your feelings like in just a matter of a second you know mm-hmm. you can take your own life and 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 think that that's gonna end the pain and it all oh, and it's not and it's not it's you not. leave you leave a lingering pain forever for those who love you the most who stay behind carrying your memory forever there's so much more pain associated and I think that that's something that a lot of times you know we overlook that part of it you know Um, and I include myself again in understanding that and how the mind works and the things that we believe Um, but it's it's you know that moment that you release yourself from this world you leave so much more pain behind and I think that that's that's the important thing to remember Also, just always remember that please don't suffer alone. Please don't suffer alone. If you or someone you know is dealing with suicide or depression, you know, please know that you are not alone and that there is help. Um, And you can call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. And you can also plug into a church or look up your nearest mental health facility where they can help you with screenings and or resources. You know, we're... We follow Christ, so we know, you know, and if and if we invite you to, to know Jesus, know Jesus, give him a chance, and I promise you that, that he is going to fill up that void. He is going to take, you know, that sadness away, and, and I know that if you just come to Christ and you give him a second chance or you reconcile your life to him, you know, I know that he has a plan and a purpose for you, so don't give in, you know, suicide is not the answer, not and the you answer. have so many people who love you and are surrounded, and sometimes we just, we we fix our minds to thinking that we're alone, and we just have to suffer this alone, but there are so many people who care for you, and who are there to help you, so please make sure that you get the help that you need, and if you know someone who needs the help, please don't over, overlook them, Check your good friend. Check your, you know, your your funny friend. Because even the funniest yes. people can be so sad inside. And it could be their outlet of, like, you know, just gaining approval from from everyone so that, you know, they can feel better about themselves. But be there. Check on your friends. Check on your family because you just never know. And, you know, I just want to thank you, Tiffany, you know, for, for joining me at the of table. Course. Thanks this, for having me. No problem. And I hope that today's conversation has provided you with knowledge resources and gives you a new sense of awareness and let's make sure that this conversation does not end here um also please make sure that you follow tiffany on instagram at never stop love blog and this is basically um just a social media outlet for from tiffany and her husband kevin where they've created a movement on the importance the importance of fighting for your marriage so thanks again tiff for being here i love you so much love you too Once again, I want to thank you so much for tuning into Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. Please continue to spread the word and subscribe and stay tuned for next Monday's episode three. See ya. Bye.